0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's Picks for the Massachusetts Republican State Committee. Vote Tuesday, March 5th to keep the mass GOP alive. To see Howie's Picks, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on the banner.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Hello. Welcome back, everybody, to the Grace Curley Show. Happy Friday, Junior. That's right. It's Thursday here. Where do we begin? That's always the question, isn't it? How to start the show. What story do I want to start with? Well, first, let me tell you this. Rest assured, we have an excellent show planned for you today. Jared, I don't think I've ever come out here and said, this show is going to be mediocre. Oh,
2: boy, this one's going to be a rough one for you listeners. So buckle
0: Buckle up. up. Buckle up, everybody. It's going to be a long three hours. No, and it's because we always wanted to be top-notch for you, and today's no different. We've got Todd Benson joining us from the Center for Immigration Studies. He's going to be in the next hour talking about everything from the dueling Biden-Trump border visits to the horrible, horrible murder of Lake and Riley. And also, and this is something we haven't really discussed at length on the show, the UN's role in this border catastrophe. Spoiler alert, I'll give you a little tease here. It involves cash cards. A lot of cash card stories flying around these days. So we're going to talk about that. It is Thursday. That means we do have Woker joke to look forward to. It's always a nice little break in the action. And in the last hour, we're going to get local. We got a big day on Tuesday. We're going to get local with some young young people are going to call in uh, candidates running for state committee, and uh, you'll hear from them. So we have a lot planned for you. Now, Jared, we also have Trump cases galore. We've got we've got the Supreme Court weighing in we've got Mitch McConnell's retirement plans and I do want to tackle it all but I got to start the show with a question and it's it's inconvenient right now because Jared's actually on the phone and it was a question for Jared so I might have to come back to it but he seems to be seems to be working on something there okay we'll come back to it Now, something that I wanted to talk about, first order of business, uh, the Supreme Court announced it will hear arguments and decide whether or not former President Donald Trump can claim presidential immunity in regards to the election interference charges he is facing. So this is from NBC News. Here's a quote. It says the order said the court would hear the case, which could take months to resolve the week of April 22nd. That timeline allows for a ruling by the end of the court's regular term in June, which is faster than is typical when the court hears arguments, but not as fast as prosecutors wanted it to be. Ah, oh, boo hoo. The timing of it. So all the talking heads, you've got Rachel Maddow, you've got Lawrence O'Donnell. We like to call him Larry, Larry O'Donnell. They're all melting down over this news. They aren't happy with the speed in which this is all playing out. So I guess some of the delicate geniuses heading up these get Trump cases, they didn't time things out just right. They didn't time things out perfectly to get Trump before the election. You know what I thought of today? I I was uh, lucky enough to do an interview with Sean Spicer this morning. It's going to air later on tonight. And we were discussing all of these different cases. And one thing that just popped into my mind was, remember when we were talking about Hillary Clinton and James Comey was looking into her emails and the deletion of all these emails and classified emails and the bleach bit and all that stuff. So remember that. And then also remember the last election, we had the Hunter Biden laptop and the letter from the 51 ex-intelligence agent, uh, ex-intelligence officers saying, oh, you know, it has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. Do you recall How these officials, these people in power, these people who are heading up intelligence agencies would bend over backwards to try to avoid having anything fall around the time of an election, even if it was all true, even if it was something that was going to enlighten the masses and say, hey, by the way, the president's son, Hunter, he's not just smoking Parmesan cheese off the rug. He's also... Selling access to his father, who was then BP for millions of dollars from not just Ukrainian businesses, but Chinese businesses, all these different things, which we have that as a story today. But they never wanted it to fall before an election because it could affect the election. It could affect the voters. It could be election interference. And I I remember hearing this and I heard it from James Comey. I heard it from Bill Barr. I heard it from all these people. And I thought, well. If it's true. It's true then people have a right to know it if it's true and hillary clinton mishandled things mishandled her emails and they weren't all yoga wedding emails then don't people have a right to know it if hunter biden does have a laptop chock full of corruption not to mention and that's that's on a good day you're reading about corruption on a bad day with that laptop you're seeing a whole lot of other things Then why do you have to go out of your way to suppress this information in order to time it outright so that Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton or any of these people can get elected? The reason I say all this, and I'm sure you guys are following me here, is that no one seems to have those concerns with Donald Trump. If anything, all the powers that be are conspiring together to choreograph this so the timing is just right. Now, they're all too stupid to actually do that. They're not crafty enough to make it happen. And in the case of Fannie Willis, the timing might have been right if she wasn't sleeping with the person she appointed special prosecutor. But in all of these cases, it's all crumbling because they're just too sloppy and they're just too incompetent. But they wanted to time it out just so. And you know that it all comes down to trying to convict him of something before he runs, before he is elected president, because now that they're finding out the timing's not going to work, they can't even hide the fact that that's why they're disappointed. Like, Red State wrote an article about Rachel Maddow and Laurie, Lawrence O'Donnell, Lawrence O'Donnell, being like, oh, this, this is the timing. And the writer at Red State said, well, why does it matter? Let me read you. Why, it's almost as if the entire point of this prosecution is to influence the election. And Maddow and her cohorts are upset it might not happen before November. Yeah, I thought you guys were just doing this because it's right and it's just. Not because you're trying to stop this man from being able to be elected president. That was Bonchi, by the way. So we have that little bit of information. That was just a side tangent. Um, And then we also have the news that Illinois, in case you missed this, well, I should say this first. Because the Supreme Court's going to hear this argument about presidential immunity, and because of what we're seeing with ballot bans, they heard the oral arguments a couple weeks ago, didn't, didn't look like it was going to really be bad for Donald Trump. Looks like they were all, even Ketanji Brown-Jackson was going, I don't know if you can kick this guy off the ballot. This doesn't seem to be passing constitutional muster here. And so I'm going to guess, and I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not Karnak Magnificent. But I don't think you have to be. I think we're going to start hearing very soon. We're going to start hearing from the TDS sufferers who have not been happy about the way these things have been going with the Supreme Court. We will start hearing, I would say probably before 8 o'clock tonight, we'll get calls for either packing the Supreme Court or abolishing the Supreme Court. You're going to hear a lot about how, oh, all these MAGA justices, Katanji Brown-Jackson, you know, she has a MAGA hat in her locker at the Supreme Court. Like, that, that's going to be the thing. Because whenever it starts to not go in the direction they want it to, the left will start to say, well, it's all rigged and well, and they're allowed to say that. We're not allowed to say that they are. But they're going to say, this is why we need to abolish the Supreme Court. So you have that to look forward to. And speaking of ballot bans, I don't know if people have been following this, a judge in Illinois, Tracy Porter, gave the left She threw them a bone today. She could tell that she could tell spirits were down. Everyone was down and out. And so she ruled in favor of voters in Illinois that want to boot Trump off the ballot, like the Colorado Supreme Court, like the secretary of state in Maine. Uh, Porter knows that this is not going to hold up. She's already put her ruling on hold and Trump will appeal it and he will be on the ballot. But it's all political theater, albeit dangerous political theater at that. But, you know, this political theater, this grandstanding, this drama, it gets the asses in the seats. It gives them what they want. They don't care how bad it is for the country. They just want to keep feeding this beast inside of them. You know, it's, it's like a sugar. If your entire diet is made of sugar, you know, you're going to crash, but you don't care. You just want it. You're just looking for that next candy bar. Hopefully you're not looking at a Snickers because I've, I've had sources tell me that they're really shrinking those down lately. And it all makes you an anti-Trump star, which is what, whether you're talking about Tracy Porter, Shanna Bellows, all these people is, that's all what their life is about. so, they don't care about the the after effects. Um, Jared, since you're off the phone now, I know we're having some sort of technical problem there. I got to ask you, I'm going to start the show with this.
2: I prefer to think of it as a technical solution.
0: Oh, very good. Well, with you, it probably was a solution. <laughs> Today's February 29th. Yes. Or, as, or Taylor would say February February 29th. My question is, would you want your birthday to be on today? No. Why? I just, Explain yourself.
2: I just wouldn't want. Uh, I wouldn't want it to have to like be le- every four years have to wait for like a legitimate birthday.
0: Do you think people do it the day after or the day before?
2: I think it depends where it falls. If the day before is a Friday or a Saturday, oh. yeah, sure. If the day before is a Tuesday, it's like
0: eh, maybe. I uh, would always. I think I would always go the day before because the day after, I don't know, I'm always just more on the earlier side is the excitement's there, but I agree with you. I don't think I'd want it, although there are some people who probably think it's a fun fact about them. Like, talk about an icebreaker in college. They go, oh, what's your fun fact about yourself? And you say, oh, my birthday only comes every four years.
2: Yeah, some people may think it's cool. I personally don't, but I have no grievance. I have a friend who actually, it is his birthday today in California. What's his name? His name is Lance.
0: Happy birthday, Lance. Happy birthday, Lance. It's weird though, isn't it? I was just thinking about it this morning. I'm like, it really is weird. You, your birthday only comes around every four years. You know, I have the same birthday as my daughter. And when it was getting closer to my birthday, I kept saying, oh, it'd be really cool. My birthday is last day in May. And I love my birthday. I always thought it was a fun time of year. And I would say, oh, I hope she comes on my birthday. I'll have a birthday baby. And people would say to me, would you want that though? Would you want to share your birthday? And I would, I would think to myself, if you're a woman who's in her 30s and you're territorial about your birthday, you've got, to, you've got something to unpack there. You can't, be, you can't be, like, possessive about your birthday at that age. The ship has sailed. Celebrate someone new at that point. Speaking of ship sailing, Mitch McConnell... He is retiring. We are going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the timing of it, because I think it—I do think a lot of it coincides with this bill they've been trying to pass. I think he realizes the tides have turned. He is not very welcome in the Republican Party anymore. People are not happy with him. And uh, Molly Hemingway actually put it really well. She said, for the next leader of the Republican Party, she's like, I know it's a lot to ask, but could we get someone who doesn't hate Republicans? Is that too much? I think that might be asking just a tiny bit too much, but we'll have our poll question after the break, and it does have to do with old Mitch, so don't go anywhere. Recently, a Grace Curly Show listener, Candace, called in, and she was telling us how much she loved the thunderstorm, and there's so many reasons to love the thunderstorm. It clears out smell. It doesn't try to cover it up. It doesn't try to mask it. It eliminates odor. And, Jared, you can actually explain the way it does this because it's a very interesting device in the sense that it's so effective, it's quiet, it doesn't take up a lot of floor space, but it really gets the job done.
2: Yeah, well, so what it does is it actually ionizes the air. It sends out ions. And that's what eliminates the odors and creates a super oxygen. So, you know, your typical whatever air freshener may spray some flowery oil or some something in the air that's just going to... Be feel weird and smell flowery and gross. No, this actually purifies the air, it gets rid of allergens, it can get rid of pollutants, it can get rid of smells, anything like that. It actually eliminates that, it doesn't cover it up, it eliminates it.
0: Yes, and right now, if you go to edenpuredeals.com you can get the three pack specials. You can use one in your car, in your kitchen. It's also great for the office because a lot of people have offices like we do here where you can't open the windows. And it's nice to keep that air circulating to keep it fresh. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com. GRACE and the number three. And by the way, I just want to let people know, I wasn't going to mention the royal family, but I get texts from people saying, oh, I bet you would just love to talk about the royal family, wouldn't you? Ugh. Well, now I'm going to talk about it because now you guys brought this on yourselves. I'll keep it short. But I got some stuff to say. And when we come back, we're also going to discuss Gavin Newsom and this story about Panera, which I love. It reads like satire, but uh, it is very, very real. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Follow
1: Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: I do have a Hunter Biden update for you. For people who weren't following this yesterday, he did have a closed-door testimony with House Republicans, uh, the Judiciary Committee, and he was blaming his addiction for everything. That was his get out of jail. I always say this, there's no jail for Hunter Biden, but it's, you know, get out of any sort of accountability card. And he was using it yesterday, and now he's trying to say his father wasn't involved or he didn't involve his father in his business. And remember when he told that Chinese company CEFC, that's that's what you keep hearing about, CEFC this Chinese company, he told them that his father was sitting next to him and so he needed that money and then shortly after, you're never going to believe this, wait, hold on a sec, Jared, can I say? Okay, I just wanted to make sure I could say this on the air. And then, son of a bitch, the wire transfer comes through and he gets that 5.1 million. Or he demanded 5.1 million. I'm not sure if he actually got it. Uh, I think within 10 days he did get Somewhere around there. And the reason I bring this up is because he's saying, well, he was high or drunk when he said that. So he's he's trying to claim, well, my dad wasn't actually next to me. He used it as a threat. He said, like, I'm sitting next to my dad. That's the way to threaten them and make it clear that it would be a shame if, you know, my dad who's sitting right next to me heard something bad about you. You know, people can read between the lines and CEFC obviously read between the lines and they sent the money. But he's trying to claim, oh, no, I was high or drunk and my dad wasn't actually next to me. But here's what I would say to that. I got news for Joe Biden. Whether or not Hunter's high or drunk, if he's using your name as a way to get $5.1 million from a Chinese energy company, guess what? You're involved. I don't care if you, I don't care if you signed on the dotted line. I don't care if you gave him the thumbs up. He's officially involved you, whether you like it or not. You're in it now. You're tied in. Jared, as a parent, I just think that's, that's something you have to accept.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because uh, Stephen Newcomb from Axios was talking about this on Twitter and said, uh, per source with knowledge, Hunter said he was higher drunk when he sent the sitting here with my father WhatsApp message and also sent it to the wrong recipient and is now embarrassed by the message. Who was he? Who who were you trying to text for five point one million?
0: That would be my follow up. Like,
2: okay, so yeah, so okay, so I accidentally sent it to the wrong person, and they just sent you five million. Who were you trying to send this to?
0: Yeah, he's insisting his father never had any involvement in his business dealings, and it's like, well, he did because you involved him. Once you said, "I'm sitting here with my dad, so I better get this money," and I'm paraphrasing there. Obviously, you can see the WhatsApp message for yourself. Just be careful when you're googling Hunter Biden online. Just, you know, prepare yourself. But it doesn't matter whether or not, and I don't believe that Joe had no idea. Like, you know, they might be trying to pull the plausible deniability thing. But either way, you're, this is your son. So whether you like it or not, he involved you. And so my next point is, even if Joe wants to say, I was not involved, he used my name, he was lying, I wasn't next to him. So then the next part is, okay, so he's the problem. Okay, so he's the one who was acting out of line. He's the one who was using his father's name as a way to get this money. But somebody's at fault here. You can't just say, oh, I, I, he was never involved in the business. I mean, I did use his name to get the $5.1 million transferred to me. Well, either he's involved in it or you're lying and you're the one who's got to be held responsible. But then he turns to, I was high or drunk. Okay, I know a lot of people who that has not been a valid get-out-of-jail-free card for. There's a lot of people sitting in prison right now who would love to be able to use that as a reason why they shouldn't be where they are. Doesn't work for everybody, though, but it works for Hunter. When we come back, we're going to do the poll question, and we're going to talk about Gavin Newsom and his connection to Panera Bread.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. So Biden had this, like, impromptu physical. And the doctor comes back. And, Jared, I... And this is not just a Joe Biden thing. This is just a doctor, White House doctor thing. Nobody gets more glowing reviews from their doctors than these old men in the White House. Like, I'm 31 years old. I go in... And my doctor gives me a review that's like, you know, you could do this, you could do that, maybe work on this. These guys are, are pushing it. They're keeping it pushing, bro. And they come out and the doctors are like, specimen. You've never seen anything like it.
2: In too good of health, actually. Yeah.
0: We a- would actually, we're telling him that it's, he's getting too many 100s across the board. Smoke a cigarette, Joe. Come on, do something. You know what word they used? Robust. That was a big word. Robust. Which I tend to think of for wine.
2: Yeah, or pizza sauce or something
0: like that. Yeah, I think he's very robust. And then KJP's asked about this at her press conference and whether or not he's going to take a cognitive test. And she says he doesn't need one. I would argue if anyone on planet Earth has ever needed a cognitive test, it would be this dude. But not according to KJP. She said he takes one every day. Does he pass it every day? does he pass said cognitive test every day? For example, if the test of the day is don't talk to any dead people today.
2: She actually did say he passes a cognitive test every day.
0: Do you have that sound? Yes, I do. Well, that's why, Jared, that's why you're in the position you're in, because you're just that good. Let's hear it. I think uh, I think folks need to understand that the president passes again a cognitive test every day. If you look at what a clinical cognitive test is actually, what it actually does, it is a 15-minute appointment that is that is administered by someone that m- most of the time people don't actually know, and mm-hmm. and uh, and the president has a team of doctors that is with him 24/7. And he is able to do the work uh, every day uh, that is rigorous, that is more rigorous than it would be for any 15-minute clinical uh, clinical appointment. Okay, so now, just to play devil's advocate, because I'm always on the side of the devil, I would throw this out there. If he is taking so many of these tests every single day and he's passing them with flying colors. Now, again, I would argue that one test for the day, could be, hey, today, let's see if you can only talk to people who are currently alive. That would be test number one. We're going to start. A, you're laughing, Jared, but that's a, that's a pretty no, solid I'm just test. I thinking
2: of one like, I pick all the squares that have a bridge. You know, okay, pick all the people prove not that are alive that you're talking to.
0: Yeah, let's try today, sir, as your test if you can just not talk to anyone who is not physically present, slash, still alive. Now, some days maybe he passes that, some days he won't. But even if we're going to go with this alternate version of reality that KJP is pushing, where she's telling us, like, oh, no, he takes these tests every single day, and he passes them every single day. And he does so much more than a 15-minute test could ever try to sum up. Then wouldn't the follow-up to that be, okay, so then he should have no problem with the test, so why doesn't he just take it? Like, if he's going to dunk on this test, if he's going to make a fool out of these tests, because he's so good, then what does he have to lose? Like, show us what you're made of. And that should be, I always tell people this, I'm always trying to give out advice to these reporters, and nobody ever calls me back. But my advice to them is always, you've got to hit him. I'm speaking metaphorically here. You've got to hit him where it hurts. Like, you've got to hit his ego. Because one thing Joe Biden loves to talk about is what? His high IQ. He's big on the IQ. He's really, he puts a lot of stock in that, how high his IQ is. So as a reporter, as a one-horse pony soldier, you've got to get out there and you've got to say, why are you afraid to take the cognitive test? Sir, sir, are there any, is there any truth to the reports that you're being a big baby and that you're too afraid, you're too afraid to take the cognitive test? That was my baby voice, it Andy or Bernard. Very Janet Yellenish. Yes. So. Is there any truth to that? And that will drive him nuts. He'll be like, oh, take any test you want. Okay, cool, here it is. <laughs> here it is, go for it. Go for it, you tiger. But he won't do it, of course.
2: I'd uh, even take the roadside sobriety test at this point, just any test
0: yeah. of physical
2: or mental acuity.
0: He's going to pass. Like, he's such a scholar, you know? He's so big on questions and answers. So it shouldn't be an issue. And alas, though, we're sitting here, no tests. No tests to be taken. I love the reports, though, from these doctors. Like, the the next question I have is, who's paying these doctors? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm sure they're all very reputable, respectable, dignified, wonderful, qualified people. But at a certain point, it's like, these, these letters are a joke. He's so strong. We've never seen anyone. This physically fit and mentally sound, he can lift a TV right up over his head. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack special. Everyone loves the thunderstorm. It doesn't take up any floor space. There are no filters to replace, and it's only one-third the cost of those bulky air purifiers. So take advantage of the Thunderstorm three-pack special at EdenPureDeals.com and use promo code GRACE3. Jared, what is the poll question, and what are the results thus far?
2: Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is how would you rate Mitch McConnell's time as... Senate GOP leader, mostly positive or mostly negative?
0: I'm going to read you the tweet from Molly Hemingway, which I really appreciated, And I've also been reading, um, I think it was Tristan Justice, who does a good job at The Federalist, who has a piece out right now about Mitch McConnell and about his career, the highs and lows. And with all that being said, I would vote um, mostly negative. This was, the, this was the tweet from Molly my very low bar for the next Senate GOP leader would be someone who doesn't loathe Republican voters. And maybe he or she could demonstrate that lack of hatred on the daily. Molly, that might seem like a low bar, but it's becoming increasingly tougher to meet those requirements. And I would also add to that low bar, if I could, if we're taking suggestions, taking suggestions from the crowd, could we get someone who's, I'm going to say, younger than 75 75 and younger would be great but as as a whole jared i'm gonna say no i I know he did good things as far as the supreme court goes and i'm not minimizing that i gave that tons of credit at the time but i think i've i've sung his praises enough with the supreme court i think it's time to move on and i think that the damage he's been doing as of late trumps a lot of his accomplishments
2: 72 percent of the audience believes his time was mostly negative 28% think it was mostly positive. And to your point, John Cornyn is the first guy to apparently throw his hat in the ring. He's a spry 72. So it looks like Grace Curley is going to get her wish of someone under 75.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of um, Johns throwing their hat in the ring. It's like a race of the Johns for this. But there's eight months, and that is one thing that Mitch McConnell said. He's like, we have eight months to figure out who's going to be the best leader. So in that eight months' time, I'm hoping we get a J.D. Vance or a Josh Hawley or a Ted Cruz I have high hopes. Wanted to mention this, Jared, before I move on to the um, Gavin Newsom Panera Bread story, which is, Jared, you know how I work. Like, are stories I hit because it's our responsibility to get the news out there to tell people what's going on. And then there are stories. That is a great story. Then there are stories that just tickle my fancy, and I just read them, and I go, this is so good. This is so amazing. Um, but sad news before we talk about that. Richard Lewis. Great comedian. A lot of people know him from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was so funny on Curb. Died at 76 from a heart attack. Rest in peace. Um, and he was he was one of my favorite characters on Curb.
2: Yeah, he was a great guy, actually. He would, every time the Knicks were in town to play the Lakers, he'd hop on the broadcast with us for a quarter and just kind of hang out and shoot the breeze. Uh, great guy. Loved him.
0: Yeah, and there was a recent... Funny uh,
2: man. And actually, interesting point um the billy joel song my life yeah apparently when he says i got a call from a friend closed the shop went to the west coast and does a stand-up routine that was supposedly about richard lewis
0: well i noticed that there's a lot of clips going around obviously from curb but the most recent scene he had in curb was him telling larry david i'm putting you in my will and larry david saying i don't want to be in your will and he's saying no i love you and i want you to be my will and larry david says bleep you Bleep you. I love you, but don't put me in there. And so there's been a lot of great cuts floating around, but very sad. Uh, I know a lot of people are big fans. I certainly was. Uh, Richard Lewis dead at 76, 844 uh, We'll go to the calls here before we dig into the Gavin Newsom Panera bread of it all. Uh, Andrea, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Andrea. Hi, Grace. This is for your over 65 listeners. The next time you go for your waste of time talking Medicare visit and they tell you to draw a clock face and they give you a time and they tell you they're going to throw a few words out and then they're going to ask you for them later on, you pull out a copy of Joe Biden's doctor's letter. That's what I'm going to do. I'm never taking one again. Yeah. I don't blame you, Andrea. I would love... To hear what these doctors are saying behind the scenes. Because in no world are they actually saying, oh, you know, he's sharp and he's strong and he's and and they keep focusing on the physical. And it's like no one is really I mean, yes, his gait is strange. And um, there's a lot of people who are familiar with cognitive issues that say that a lot of it can show itself in your physical way of walking and things like that but I think that well the point we're at now where he's forgetting what time it is he's forgetting where he is he's forgetting people's names he's talking to dead people we are at the cognitive part of the test we are not worried that he could do a sit-up or a push-up I'm sorry sit-up forget it he can he can crush that he's a push-up kind of guy well you know what and,
2: and here's an idea if he passes a cognitive test every day, fantastic. Release the H.E.R. transcript. Let's see the cognitive uh, excellence at work. H.E.R. is
0: not a neurologist,
2: Jared. H.E.R. (laughs) is not a doctor. And if he is fit and cognitively fit to become president, he is cognitively fit to stand trial for document mismanagement.
0: This is from Dr. Kevin O'Connor. He's healthy, active, robust 81-year-old male. I I really do think that's a weird word to use. Maybe it's common for doctors to use that, robust. Sounds like a cabernet. Uh, Major Gavin Newsom donor was benefiting from the California $20 minimum wage exemption pushed by the governor. This story has everything I love in it. Okay, Governor Gavin Newsom wants there to be a minimum wage in California and he wants it to be $20 an hour. And this is really going to hurt fast food places, Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, all those places. But there is a very obscure exemption. This is from Fox Business. Very obscure Exemption to the state's new $20 minimum wage regulation. Here it is. Here's, here's the exemption that you need to focus on. It allows restaurants baking and selling bread as a standalone item to continue paying the current rate of $16 an hour to its employees. So if you're baking and selling bread as a standalone item, you don't have to follow this new rule have to oblige the the $20 rule. You can just go with the $16 rule. Now, at first, when I heard that, about the exemption, I thought, wow, I did not know that Gavin Newsom was so pro-standalone bread. I didn't know he was such a bread guy that this was something he's passionate about. I know he's passionate about hair gel. Okay? I, I know he's passionate about the climate. I know he's passionate about Ron DeSantis. But I didn't know that he was so passionate about people being able to sell bread as a standalone item. And I, so, you know, I was looking. I was like, oh, is this something he ran on? You know, did he at one point sell bread? Is this something out of, like, Les Miserables, where he's a big bread guy? Well, it turns out that billionaire Greg Flynn, who owns a bunch of Panera Bread franchise locations could use this rule to his advantage and could save hundreds of thousands of dollars because of it. Now, here's where it gets a little bit dicey. Greg Flynn is a longtime donor. Jared, get the dun-dun-dun ready, please. To Gavin Newsom. Now, if I... If I was a more skeptical person, if I didn't believe in the heart of gold that governor hair gel has if i didn't believe in the dignity and the integrity that's really the word i'm looking for here the integrity of governor gavin newsom i might think Jared, just looking at this just zooming out and looking at this from 100 feet above i might think that gavin newsom put in this weird rule this rando rule about standalone bread just to save his buddy's ass so that his buddy could save hundreds of thousands of dollars and he could still get his terrible minimum wage rule passed.
2: I think that tracks. I don't think that's too uh, too far of a leap to take. I have a question about that, though. Yeah. Bread as a standalone item. Are we talking just like a baked loaf of bread? A, you know, I don't know, a mom-and-pop diner that sells French toast as a breakfast? French toast is a standalone bread item. So can you get around it that way?
0: That's a really good question. I'm sure that they... What about, you know... They're always trying to crush the mom and pop diner, so I'm sure they've made <laughs> it so that they can't get away with it. That You know what it's going to be like, Jared? It's going to be like during COVID when people would say, okay, you have to order food, so they would... So at bars... Pretzels aren't good
2: enough. It's got to be a sandwich.
0: They started saying, let's give them pretzels. Let's give them little bites that they can eat. And they said, no, 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 no. It can't be. COVID knows if you're eating pretzel bites. COVID knows. You're only going to be protected from COVID if you order a meal. The soup doesn't count. You've got to order a meal. So I'm sure they're going to figure out a way around that. But you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping Wendy's and Burger King and McDonald's. You know, Gavin Newsom wants to be cute. He wants to be cute. He wants to help out his friends. You can be cute, too. Bake a couple of buns and put them in a plastic bag. Stick them up front by the counter. Nobody's going to buy them. Bake three bags. You'll have them there all day. You'll have them there all day. They can be at the front of the store. Nobody can buy them. And you can say, it's still going to be $16 an hour. We're, we're going to have the same rules here as Panera. Also, Everyone can be Panera.
2: Also, say goodbye to free bread baskets at restaurants in California
0: now. I love a bread basket.
2: 50 cents for a bread basket. You're selling bread as a standalone item.
0: Yep. That's... You tack it onto the bill. <laughs> Uh, there's so many ways around this. It's just the things that you find out Gavin Newsom is so passionate about. Like, here I am thinking he's a man, not a man of the people, but he's a man of the bread. He's a man of the sourdough. And then you find out that he has nefarious intentions. And that there's just this, this is some scheme with his buddy to save money. And it just it leaves a bad taste in your mouth.
2: The great California baguette revolution of 24.
0: <laughs> What's the line from Les Mis where it's like, I stole a loaf of bread pretty sure that's it that was russell crowe too because his voice in that movie was about as good as mine uh we'll be right back we'll take your calls on this uh gavin newsome and panera bread conspiring colluding to break the rules in california we'll be right back
1: you're listening to the grace curly show This is The Grace Curly Show. It warns you're a dangerous man. I stole a loaf of bread. My sister's child was closed to death. We were starving. you we will
0: starve again unless you learn <laughs> the meaning of the law. I remember seeing oh, this movie in the theaters and thinking, and I don't mean to be a hater because I'm not, you know, I'm a little pitchy myself. Randy Jackson might say, But I was like, Russell Crowe really is not a great singer. How did he get cast in this movie? They spent millions of dollars on this thing. It's the best they can do. Or maybe I just don't like Les Miz. Maybe that's the problem. Anyway, Gavin Newsom was trying to do his buddy a solid. And again, it's like rules for thee, not for me. Is anyone surprised that Gavin French Laundry Newsom says, "Okay, well, everyone else has to pay $20 an hour for their employees for minimum wage. But Panera, where the the guy who owns all these franchises in California happens to be one of my big donors, he's going to get a break because he sells standalone bread. And what about selling standalone bread? Like, try to make that make sense to me, Gav. What about the standalone bread makes it so that they deserve to be exempt from this rule and nobody else does? Everyone start packaging up the bread at Wendy's and McDonald's and you too might be able to get a free pass on this. When we come back, we're talking immigration, Alejandro Mayorkas and Hunter Biden. Don't go anywhere.